Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Hey, hustlers. We know that this 2024, the entrepreneurial journey is filled with challenges. An often overlooked aspect is the time-consuming task of processing payroll and managing government requirements. And did you know that the average admin spends a whopping 50 hours per month dealing with just government compliance? That's time you could be spending on growing your business, or let's be honest, taking a well-deserved break. But fear not, we got a game changer for you. Introducing Sprout Solutions and their tailored solutions for MSMEs called the Payroll Starter. With Sprout Solutions Payroll Starter, you can finally reclaim your time and get your life back on track. Say goodbye to the stress of remembering tax dates or worrying about missed payroll runs. This bundle is designed to make your life easier and your business more efficient. And here's the best part. The cost starts just at 5,000 pesos per month for businesses with up to 10 employees. Yep, you heard that right. That's just 5,000 pesos per month. So why spend another minute drowning in payroll paperwork when Sprout can revolutionize the way you manage your payroll and government requirements? Take the first step towards a more efficient business today. Visit sprout.ph slash payroll starter monthly 5k. If you missed that, don't worry. We have it in the description box of this episode. So click that too. And again, big shout out to Sprout Solutions because your time is too valuable to be spent on paperwork. Reclaim it with their payroll starter. Now let's begin this episode. The Hustle Share podcast is brought to you by Union Bank Global Linker a free digital platform that empowers Filipino MSMEs to digitize their business and go global. Sign up now at unionbank.globallinker.com to get a free ebook on surviving COVID-19 for your business. Also by Ideaspace, a nonprofit supporting innovation and technopreneurship as a path to nation building. Ideaspace runs an annual startup competition. For more information, make sure to sign up for their newsletter at ideaspacefoundation.org slash connect. Also powered by Podmetrics, the only analytics platform you'll ever need for your podcast. Sign up now at podmetrics.co for free and use the code HUSTLESHARE. The hardest thing once you are beginning to uh, think about forming a company is still the engineering side because when you form it, you better get the best engineers. Welcome to Hustle Share, the podcast that features the daily grinds of unique hustlers around the world to show not our differences, but that our hustles are very much alike. Now here's your host, Ronster Bait Young. Welcome to episode 100 of the Hustle Share Podcast. My name is Ronster, and I'm your host. And this episode is powered by Union Bank Global Linker, a free digital platform that empowers Filipino MSMEs to digitize their business. We are a proud affiliate of the Podcast Network Asia, but before we begin, we'd like to remind you that this podcast contains not safe for work language. So make sure there are no kids when you're listening to this. Because today, as we celebrate the 100th episode of Hustle Share, you will be having a dream come true as we interview the Bill Gates of the Philippines, 
Mr. Dado Banatao, along with his wife, Miss Maria Banatao. And just like the past 99 episodes, Dado is going to go all the way back and tell us how he started his hustle by helping his parents while he stayed in a different town to study in the Ateneo de Tuguegarao. And he's also going to share how difficult it was to study alone, especially when he moved to Manila to become an engineering student. Now, Dado's going to share a lot of stories you've never heard before because he's going to share how he almost became a pilot and how he went to the U.S. to work for Boeing. Now, his legend just starts now because he's also going to share how he got into the semiconductor industry and how he worked with the pioneers of Silicon Valley, as we know now, just like Steve Jobs and Steve Wozniak. And then Dado will then share how it was like when his first try in this entrepreneurship journey failed and how he was able to bounce back and become the tech icon that we all come to know. Now stick around till the end because he has a lot of great tips for entrepreneurs, especially sharing his formula of how a tech startup can be successful. And lastly, they will also share what their hustle is in BuildDev in their new quest to help the Filipino kids through science and technology and education. So if you're ready to learn the hustle behind BuildDev, let's begin this episode right now. Welcome to the latest episode of the Hustle Share Podcast. It has finally happened. After 99 episodes, we have the one that I've always wanted to have on the show. Uh, I, I was telling them before we started recording. Um, when I started Hustle Share, I knew that I knew who my 100th episode would be. I didn't know how it was going to happen. So again, shout out to Goldie Ancha for making this happen. So again, without further ado, welcome to the show. Dado and Maria Bonata of Buildev. <laughs> I brought the crowd all the way to Silicon Valley. Dado and Maria, thanks for having, thanks for being on the show. You're welcome. Thank you. All right. So again, I'm 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 literally freaking out, and my goosebumps doesn't die right now. <laughs> We're, like, just, we're just simple people. <laughs> I know, but still, I'm just getting goosebumps. I'm sweating and it's cold in my, in my room right now. Okay, so before I get carried away, Dado and Maria, what's your hustle? You want to take that first? <laughs> well, first? we were talking about what's our hustle. We're, you know, we're in our 70s now. I'm yep. 72, Dado's 73, mm -hmm. going on 34 next year. And so, really, we're kind of at that stage of our life where we're not hustling that much anymore. Uh, we're past that. We're kind of in our retirement age. But I think for Dada and myself, our biggest hustle is trying to help the Philippines through FieldDev and also trying PhilAMS here in the U.S., uh, especially our youth. So um, that's something that we are very focused and um, spend a lot of time on. And you guys are, have done an amazing job. Uh, and I, I've known Phil Dev for a while, even way before I became an entrepreneur because my mom worked for 17 years in Ayala Foundation. So I'm an Ayala kid. That's the start of Phil Dev. Yep. That, those are my titos and titas in that, in that institution. I grew up in that office running around, annoying them. So yeah, it's a small world. 
Yeah. Sorry? What's your mom's name? Rose Baityong. So, that's her name. Uh, so, okay. I think it's Tita Michi who started this, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, Barcelona or, or, or so, so, I forgot who already started. Was, that. Uh, well, the Ayala Foundation USA is the roots of PhilDev. Right. And it was Vicky Gacitorena and Fernando Sabel de Ayala yep. who approached Dado to be one yeah. of the first uh, trustees. Wow. And two or three years later, I think they asked me to join the board. Mm-hmm. So we were Ayala Foundation USA for 10 years. And then we decided, uh, I mean, Dado's idea of, yeah. you know, this is not really for, for him. He felt mm-hmm. that we really need to do more, that we really have to make an impact in the Philippines. Right. And just being a pass-through organization for money is not doing it. And Absolutely. so the board that we had there with Ayala Foundation USA agreed. And so we switched our focus to really um, alleviating poverty or, you know, <laughs> that's our big goal. Uh, Absolutely. It's a big goal, we knew that, and we had three pillars that I mean, we can talk about it later but so that was that was really, that's really our hustle right now is got it absolutely that is uh also hustling on be, being retired <laughs> <laughs> i i, I want to know how that hustle is <laughs> all right but before we get carried away i need you guys to buckle up because we're gonna ride the hustle share time machine that's the only time machine in the world that sounds like a fairy tale, by the way. <laughs> all right, so I want to go all the way back. You know, uh, you you guys are legends, right? It's it's and there's no startup founder in the Philippines that doesn't know your story. But I want to know more you, uh, from your firsthand experience, especially from Dado's point of view, where you know, growing up, being the son of a farmer and whatnot. I want to know what it was like from your point of view. That okay, because I also. I, I watch videos of you for a whole week, you know, because you're, you're telling in some interviews that you had some, you grew inferior, or you, you, you felt inferior studying in a, another town in high school. What was that like growing up in the Philippines? And uh, do you, did you have any inklings of being an engineer, an entrepreneur early on uh, looking back? No, at, at that kind of age, high mm-hmm. school even, no, there was no talk about uh, making a business and being an entrepreneur. And no, it's it's uh, my family was a farming family, mm-hmm. and so entrepreneurship and all some of the sophisticated mm-hmm. stuff like that. We don't even know what that is, or mm-hmm. we haven't heard it. Uh, at least I haven't heard it. It's mostly a lot of studying. Uh, however, so in other words, you know, you can translate the lack of that kind of complexity uh, being an entrepreneur into uh, doing things uh, in school and other things that uh, you can rely on as growing your brain, your mind, and things like that. In fact, uh, in first grade, second grade, especially. Um, uh, I have a classmate. We both go early around okay. 6 p.m. to help our teacher to brush the floor, the wooden oh, floor. Wow. <laughs> yeah, wow. on, on that old building 
Mm-hmm. We, were, we were using the coconut polish. Coconut. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yep. And it was the cleanest and shiniest floor. <laughs> wow. Lucky, lucky floor. Who would have thought that that Domenato would actually be the one making bonot in, the, in that thing? But I, I, I want to learn something because, uh, again, shout out to my mom for really instilling hustle in me because I saw her hustle as well. When you see your parents hustling, and I remember in one uh, interview you said that uh, your father told you that it's my job is to put food on the table and your job is to study. But what are the things your father taught you that are indelible till to, to, to now that, you know, in terms of really grinding it out and, and putting in passion and whatnot? Yeah. Um, we, uh, and I, uh, I was the first one. I have a, an older brother, but he mm-hmm. somehow did not like to go to the farm. Mm-hmm. But somehow I, I got the, the interest in uh, following my father in the farm. Oh, and that uh, I thought I was really helping. Well, in the beginning, mm-hmm. I thought it's helping, but it, it's almost nothing. But when I was in high school, that's when I really helped him in the farm. Yeah. Uh, we walked distances to go from the road highway mm-hmm. because this farm that he somehow uh, bought uh, in another uh, big town mm-hmm. uh, was far from the road. So, oh, wow. I a, lot, a lot of walking. <laughs> I walked with him for hours yeah. from highway to finally the farm. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but I, I think also mm-hmm. when my father, my in-laws stayed living okay. with us, so I, I had a lot of chats with them. I think the one thing that uh, I could say about his parents was that yeah. they were very focused on making sure that their kids get educated. Mm-hmm. Um, they both did not finish, you know, I think maybe high school, maybe not even high school. No, no, Tata. we fi- we finished high school. No, no, no. Oh, him, and Nana. Him? Yeah, no. Yeah. Well, I think fact, Tata yeah. maybe finished high school. No. Yes, but my mother didn't go yeah. to high school. So, yeah. you know, for people who didn't really have the opportunity to be educated, I could sense that education was very clearly very important for them. Yeah. Yeah. So Tata even sacrificed to work in Guam for many years. Seven so years. That, yeah. Wow. So exactly. that he could really support the family, earn earn some money to buy the land that he was farming later on. So that kind of sacrifice, I think, is pretty important for Dado's uh, experience. Yeah. Yeah. Boy, he was tough, though. <laughs> yeah. Um, what, what, what was the uh, transition now like? Because I know you studied in, uh, uh, in Ateneo de Cagayan or Ateneo de Togigarao, okay. if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Um, from that point on, walk us through how you got to Manila and how you kept grinding all the way to, you know, you finishing school uh, uh, during that time. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <clears throat> elementary school is rather easy because it is a, uh, our home mm-hmm. is in the same barrio. You okay. know, it's, a, it's a small barrio. So we just yeah. walk, mm-hmm. although, you know, there's strong rain and we right. have, our chinelas and poor chinela <laughs> breaks and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> in the summer, oh my God, that is really, but high, really high school is a little bit more difficult. Yeah. Yeah, high school is difficult because the Ateneo de Tuguegaro mm-hmm. was another town which is the which is Tuguegaro, the capital. Got it. 
town of, of the province, Cagayan. Um, and I, I, I walked uh, the first two grades and then finally um, they bought me a bike. Yeah. <laughs> oh, wow. I have had to board outside. Wow. I, I have to, yeah, I have to board um, mm. on a small house, but I have yeah. one room. Uh, okay. The, the thing is managed by two sisters. I mm. have to tell you, the Jesuits are tough with homework. Many nights, I'm the only one there, border, and um, in a room, and I have to make my own homework. I have to do my own homework. No help. No help. I have to tell you, many nights I cried, yeah. but I do it. Well, for a 12-year-old. There's no internet, too, so your only <laughs> reference are books, right? Yeah. For a 12-year-old, being away from home, I went home on the weekends because they had to give me your one baon. peso. Baon. end of the week, Friday. Wow. And that's it. Uh, sometimes my I see my mother go to the school because mm-hmm. uh, they she didn't have enough to pay mm-hmm. right away. Mm-hmm. So she goes back during the week to pay the rest of the tuition. Okay. Um, Kulugan. Yeah. <laughs> wow. That's amazing. I didn't, really mind I didn't know, but I learned that uh, afterwards. Right. Oh my God, my mother is actually doing all of these things. Wow. So then my father went back finally when mm-hmm. I was in um, second year high school mm-hmm. in Ateneo. In, in okay. Yeah. Okay. Now, you you studied in Manila for college, correct? Yes. All right, and you took up engineering, correct? Yes. Yes. Now, now I know for for a fact that when you you study, especially here, that you can't have a feeling that you're actually not not average. You know, you have you're you're way above that compared to your peers. How did you realize that? Like studying in Mapu, like, you know what? I'm pretty good at this, you know. Um because eventually, you know, you're gonna after this, you're gonna you're not your first jobs was was pal, but still you went overseas right away and took yeah. jobs that are not normal at all. But how did you know you're pretty good at what you're doing? Yeah. Um I think it started um, in high school, actually, where, uh, as I said, I, I was alone. I was challenged by the fact that I was the only one in the room, no one helping me, no mother or whatever. And so I had to go through that process. Mm-hmm. But I was still able to sleep like about two hours uh, that wow. night because I have to finish all my homework. Did you tell him the story about uh, your first month at Ateneo and you know coming from a barrio, being yeah. in a public school, <laughs> and you know feeling maybe I'm not gonna make it. Okay, the oh, story about the test. Yeah, <laughs> the Jesuits uh, are fairly, I would say, very ordered in the way they they run things or they run education. Yep. What they did uh, was to let all the uh, first um, freshman mm-hmm. for one month they teach us the subjects mm-hmm. as if we were already learning well actually we were beginning to learn but, 
And um, after one month, they gave us a test, okay. a combination of all of the subjects that they taught us. Okay. They gave us a test. So me, in, in the first cl- uh, place anywhere, ev- anywhere yeah. I was already scared just entering Ateneo, coming from a really small party. <laughs> right. and, and there were others like me, mm-hmm. but of course, you know, you don't think about them. Right, you think right. about them. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, right. Right. so then they, um, in the um, late in the day, afternoon, right. after classes, they published uh, on a bulletin the board the results, the, right. the results of the test. Mm-hmm. And you will laugh at this. Okay. I started at the bottom, looking at wow. me from the bottom, going up. Okay. Well, all the other kids start from the top, right? No, like, right. I will not look at the top. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So I have a close friend from the same yeah. town. Okay. And he came to me. So did you see your name? Uh, no, no, did you? Oh, yeah, I found my name. Oh, my gosh. Okay, so I kept reading up. It's 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 a little bit long because right, right. there are small letters and so on. And by the time, let's see whether it is five, five names left moving up, right? right? right. And then, what number were you? <laughs> at the end of the day, I was number two in the test. Wow. That's amazing. And you were scared. You were still, what more if you were confident, right? (laughs) That's amazing. Those are experiences that are, um, I I think you can call it, that was fast learning. In other words, your your confidence is boosted up very fast. Right. And then, um, however, I have two teachers that are really uh, terror. Okay. <laughs> I love that term. <laughs> yeah. Only, only Filipinos use that, by the way. Terror. <laughs> <laughs> yep. History, history uh, and um, English okay. was the toughest because mm-hmm. it's not numbers. I love uh, numbers. Even at that stage in my life of first grade, <laughs> I would have hooked you up because those are my favorite history in English. <laughs> I hate numbers. <laughs> I did not numbers they did not like me, and the feeling the feeling was mutual <laughs> in my case. So in, yeah. Oh, sorry. So in my mind, uh, in fact, even right uh, when I was already beginning in college, okay, that thought. Um, that I had in school in that small okay. uh, uh, room where right. I did my homework, it came back all the time, which actually made me uh, more uh, confident that mm-hmm. I went through that. And now I am going through yet another one, mm-hmm. which is even harder because yeah. it's college. Um, that however, could, I that found out uh, that you could do it, that I can do it. Actually, I was shocked that I went through it fast. In fact, um, in third year, fourth year, and fifth year, that's when we have you know advanced mathematics and physics and all that stuff in engineering. Um, I, I 
the the book in physics mm -hmm. i read it and i solved every other problem what? given at the back of the chapter That's in the book amazing sometimes <laughs> two times wow. during, during the semester and then i went back again solved everything for final that yeah. is crazy now again I was totally blown away. I, I'm trying to pre pre prevent myself from like not saying anything because I'm blown away. <laughs> but that's amazing because most of the time, and again, uh, this is true uh, among a lot of entrepreneurs that we've ve featured here. There's there's always that doubt, you know, that that alter ego in your brain, like, hey, you can't. Can you still do? Can you really do this? Can you do this? But once you figure that out and how to get over that hump, um, a lot of people that had that potential also. Just let that gout, that doubt, not gout. There's no gout. Uh, there's that doubt uh, <laughs> creep in, and that's how they did not start. But for you, you figure that out early, and then whenever you hit that 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 moment, you will always dig deep and then push through. That's yeah. that's amazing. Yeah, <clears throat> physics and math books are the ones that are uh, really difficult. At least the way I approach it is that this is difficult, so I will do it. Got it. Like. But my, you know, other people that that's difficult. I don't know that I will do that. Right. That was a challenge to me since the very beginning in grade school, including high school, and then um, college. In fact, in high school, I was the only one that could solve the physics problem that the teacher does. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny. That's that's amazing. All right, before we take we take our first break, walk us through after graduation. So I knew you looked for opportunities of, about design, right? Um, what was that like, and what did you? What was your first job that you did? Oh my gosh, after college, right? Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, there there were some little things mm -hmm. that you do, but it's not a job. It's more okay. like you have to clean up this or that and got so it, on. Got it. Um, but the first uh, job I had, a real job, mm -hmm. was uh, being a pilot at uh, wow. uh, pilot trainee. I was pilot trainee. Wow. There. Um, and the trainee meaning that we have the real pilots from Philippine Air Force. Mm -hmm. That's what that's what PAL uses, the Philippine okay. Air Force pilots. Mm -hmm. We go there, and then they do all kinds of crazy stuff. The very first time, I had to... I had to no, it's fine. You can cuss uh, in this podcast. You can cuss in this podcast. I'm trying not to cuss. <laughs> it's okay. Oh, yeah. So so we landed. Uh, I landed in, and then taxied, right. and, on, and I opened the door. <laughs> crazy pilot. Or, you know, right. Airport. Yeah. He was laughing so hard. Right. And then he... Yeah, everyone, <laughs> no more. <laughs> okay. Wow. I, okay. I have you in my head. <laughs> wow. You threw up. Wow. Okay. Well, but first thing maneuver was uh -huh. 5,000 feet, and then he's made the spin all the way to the ground. That is amazing. That's amazing. Did you consider, like, all right, maybe this pilot thing is for me or not for me? How did you uh, uh, now pivot to, you know, proper engineering and sticking to the roots. One day during our training, mm -hmm. uh, I finished my uh, flight hours. Mm -hmm. So we are given flight hours. You know, by the time you begin to fly, you actually steal hours from your classmates. <laughs> Got it. You really yeah. want to go up there. 
So I went up, did all the exercises. Mm-hmm. We went, I went down, and then it was still only three o'clock. Wow! I I left the camp, the campus in in Nichols, mm-hmm. the Philippine Airlines, and then somehow my mind clicked with, oh, I have time. I should go to the uh, to Mapua in the faculty room. It it so happened that um, my professor in electronics. Mm-hmm. was there because he's always teaching mm-hmm. then he just grabbed a few sheets of paper and mm-hmm. gave it to me here mr bernardo you know fill this out you should go to uh, the usa what uh, yes sir yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it wow. is a growing application form in engineering that is amazing. but then i forget forget pilot I will do engineering. Um, you, you kind of doubted going. Yeah. yeah. I never really wanted to be a pilot. Yeah. Got it. Yeah. Thank you. Thank, thank God you did not do the pilot thing because all the computers would not be this advanced if not for you. So that's, thank you, sir, whoever you are, or Dado's professor okay. from Apua. Yeah, you should mention that uh, for, for him to decide whether to go or to send in the application. It was so hard. He talked to some of the senior pilots that he was working yeah. with wow. and said, I have this opportunity. And they said, you should go. You should go to the U.S. Right. That's boring. And that's U.S. So, we were yeah. saying, you know, we've been flying so many years and now we feel like we're... He's a bus driver. <laughs> <laughs> He's a, yeah. I was shocked, like, holy shit. I, I don't want to be that. But then there's always the pull. Uh, yeah. I need to go to the office and I'm an engineer anyway. Right. Um, so that's what uh, pushed me. Yeah, pushed me because. Uh, okay. I, can, I, I, I thought I can always fly because we learned a lot of flying hours as a trainee already anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, and with your proficiency so was, in physics that, that, would, that would be inevitable I mean you can just do that I mean you can, you can do the math in your head and build your own plane and have it down the road if you wanted to right <laughs> so yeah alright now let's take our first break and when we come back let's now talk about how, what it was like when you went to the states and how did you end up becoming the Dado Banata that's revered all throughout the Philippines and the whole world but let's talk about that more after the break I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey guys, I have a very, very exciting opportunity I want to share with you guys. If you're a B2B startup founder, listen up. 
Your ticket to growth is here. Introducing Impact 24, the Philippines' largest B2B SaaS challenge. Calling all startups in their pre-launch, pre-seed, or seed stages. This is your chance to accelerate your growth. Submit your pitch to Impact 24 and get ready for a 10-week intensive program to elevate your solution. What's in it for you? How about up to 500,000 pesos in MVP project support, exclusive credits from industry partners, personalized mentoring, and a shot to pitch at SASCON PH, the country's biggest SAS conference this April. But yo, you gotta hurry up because submissions close on January 26, 2024 already. Don't miss out on this opportunity to take your startup to new heights. Apply now at saschallenge.ph. That's saschallenge.ph. And good luck and I'll see you guys in Impact 24. Hey. And we're back from the break. We're still with Dado and Maria Benata, who then told us how Dado got into engineering and how he got into Boeing. But Dado, after what you uh, discovered, you know, through your um, professor's offer, what did you do next? Well, the nice thing was that uh, uh, <clears throat> when uh, after I, uh, of course, filled out the form, mailed it to Boeing, in one week they gave me a uh, an offer. Wow. To work okay. in the Boeing, to work in the Boeing seven four seven, in the cockpit uh, electronics, so it, I I was in heaven basically. You know, that's my that's my schooling. I know what electronics is. Mm-hmm. And so, mm-hmm. um, so I uh, I worked there on the seven four seven, and then uh, after it it was about three years, I think, mm-hmm. that I was there in, in that uh, huge, huge uh, factory building a 747, you can yeah. imagine. So <laughs> there are offices there. Uh, and uh, finally, when I got uh, used to that room, mm-hmm. everyone was engineers and um, you know, side by side desks and so on. And it's like, it's like a, a big warehouse full of nice. stuff. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I made my own conclusion on that. Imagine that picture in your brain. I don't know that there are, just given this, how many airplanes are they designing here? Mm-hmm. That's when I thought. And, yeah. and that I, I saw uh, most of them old engineers. Mm. So I thought, mm, I don't know about this. It yeah. looks like there's not a lot of engineers mm-hmm. to be hired. Got that it. was the conclusion. I better go and look at schools now. Mm-hmm. And that's how I got to Stanford. Stanford, uh, got it. Stanford. Mm-hmm. Others accepted me. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I picked Stanford because it was a beautiful campus. <laughs> <laughs> Of course, right? That, that would, who wouldn't want to go there, right? So again, that that's amazing. But I'm curious also, how did you and Maria meet? What was this also when you got to the states, or do you met prior while you were in the Philippines? We met, we met in Seattle. Um, okay. Um, that was our first year in the in Seattle in '68. Dado okay. arrived uh, April, April, and I arrived around August. And just you know, Filipino parties, got it. and that's how we met. 
Ah, okay. I have a story for you. There you okay. go. Dado's <laughs> love story and Maria's love story here. You won't get this anywhere else. <laughs> we were uh, we were both there for months already, and of course, there's there's the usual parties okay. for uh, people like us at our age. We were young then. Okay. okay. And uh, on, in this night, uh, my co-worker at Boeing, mm-hmm. uh, a Caucasian, a Caucasian. Okay. He invited me, hey, let's, uh, I, I invited him. Mm-hmm. Would you like to come with me? Let's let's go to this affair, a Filipino affair. Oh, it's yeah. a Halloween type yeah. evening. Right. <laughs> so we were there standing on one side and then I looked across the big floor yep. and I saw her with a group of ladies and oh. a couple of men, I guess. <laughs> wow. We're a big, we were a big group. Oh, okay. And so I thought, holy cow, I'm, gonna, I'm going to dance her. There <laughs> you go. <laughs> <laughs> and then I, I uh, started to walk. The, I mean, the music started mm-hmm. was crossing the, the big floor. The dance floor. Mm-hmm. Someone stopped the music. <laughs> okay. Stupid me. I was so scared. I just went about face, went by. <laughs> I was so scared. Oh, wow. Because there's no music now. Nobody's going to dance to no music, right? But his, his luck worked out because right. uh, about three weeks later, another party. Mm-hmm. And so, he kind of inched his way into our building himself. So. Okay, perfect. Now, I'm, I'm just curious because in, in an entrepreneur's uh, point of view, it's very important that you choose the right partner uh, to make it to whatever. Because entrepreneurship is not easy, whatever, especially anything that, you know, it's a road less traveled kind of thing. It's very difficult. How has been... Uh, this relationship of yours uh, evolved through the years, making sure that you guys feed off each other. Because uh, I've seen so many couples as well, or so many successful entrepreneurs having an amazing partner uh, that really was their rock when, in, especially in hard times. Yeah. Well, remember when we first met? We were, we were fairly young. Dad yeah. was twenty-three, and I—I I think I just turned twenty-one at that time. Mm-hmm. Um, so. Thinking of what the future would be like was mm-hmm. kind of difficult. But I, for myself, I knew that Dada would be one who would be ambitious, yeah. would not really be, uh, would settle for something less than what he would want to be. So mm-hmm. right from the start, he had that kind of uh, goal in life, mm-hmm. which I felt was really important for, the, mm-hmm. for, a, for a, a choice partner, right? Yeah. So I think it's one that kind of drew uh, drew him to me as far as uh, this is a good guy. Yeah. Um, uh, Dada had the reputation of being a playboy at that time. Oh. So, <laughs> <laughs> so no, I but, had to step that aside yeah. and think of <laughs> yeah. But Maria, it's true, especially in the Filipino setting, right? They always say you look for a guy that has pangarap, you know, a dream, yeah, ambition, whatever, right? Because that 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 really that's that really sets everything into focus, right? I mean, yes, you're young, but at the end of the day, that, that goal will never die, right? Uh, I think that. the first conversation or the first date we had, which yeah. is kind of funny too, mm-hmm. um, 
was, you know, me talking about. I'm not that, I'm not telling him the other side. Okay, okay, okay. no problem. <laughs> telling, telling me about his goals and his life, hearing yeah, yeah. that he comes from a poor family and all right. that. That's not important to me. Misan mahirap pa yung if the guy so mayabang, di ba? Right. He certainly was very down to earth at that time. Down to earth, should I tell him? That's our first date. I thought he would take me out to dinner. No, I think you talked about this one of the interviews. He gave you a drink somewhere. And then he ended up eating me orange juice and Twinkies. Oh my God. I will never ever. But what was so funny is that I think, I mean, I don't know why I told this story in one of the YouTube stories. But years later, we already had kids and I. I have one sister, and she's uh-huh. and we were having dinner at home. Our oldest son is a teenager, Ray, at right. that time. And so Daro was really teasing him a lot about not knowing how to court girls, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and my sister turns to him and said, stop it, in Tagalog, stop it. You were just a Twinkies and orange juice guy <laughs> in front of our kids. Hey, it so worked. It was right? so what's, what's, what's important yeah. is it worked. Yeah. Right. Oh my god. Anyway. Uh, okay, but, now let's go back to the to the to the, to the journey of, of you guys, especially now. Again, you're together. But what was it like when you now went into the semiconductor industry? Because this is where you really left an indelible mark. Right. This is, you know, uh, for for those for the for those people who are weirdly not familiar with what you built, walk us through what you built in the semiconductor industry and how did you even get there? Okay, uh, <clears throat> let's let's just uh, talk about the first few because I did design okay. a lot of chips. Uh, correct, uh, correct, correct. Large ones, small ones, and so on. Uh, mm-hmm. So. Um, the nice thing was my background, and I don't know how I picked it, but I picked it, which was uh, a lot of physics mm-hmm. in electrical engineering and so on. Got it. Uh, and computer science. And computer science, uh, including computer architecture. Mm-hmm. So that uh, I studied there for mm-hmm. basically two years, right? Of three months or whatever. Okay. Um, a year, a year in a summer. Yeah. So the, the the physics side was the one that encouraged me to really uh, use that knowledge of knowing uh, uh, designing a chip using um, silicon, of course, the material. Got it. And uh, <clears throat> the silicon material um, is something that is not easy to work in, but if you had studied a lot of good physics, mm-hmm. uh, silicon material, uh, in fact, the, well, pardon this, but just for a second here. No, the, go ahead. The, the, the equation of the current uh, in a silicon okay. is, is, is the equation of uh, uh, physics. Okay. When you describe describe that material, wow! So now you can imagine that if you use that, mm-hmm. then you can you can create uh, currents all over the material. So mm-hmm. then we design it very very pre- precisely. Mm-hmm. Um, it, 
now it, it's, it's it is in microns and so on and then uh, even lower than that mm -hmm. but uh, luckily uh, somehow again mm -hmm. i had the crazy idea to always challenge myself i'm going to study that mm -hmm. i didn't know that Mm -hmm. And it's exactly what Silicon Valley was right away when I graduated from Stanford. I went to a, a semiconductor company, National is the name, yeah. National Semiconductor, mm -hmm. and they gave me a job right away. Wow, that's amazing. And <laughs> right. from coming out from Stanford. That's amazing. Now, that also had the vision early on. And Silicon Valley wasn't Silicon Valley at that time. Right. right. They were just so making silicon conductors. Basically, yeah. yeah, it's basically like a farming town. Mm -hmm. And during those years, remember the song, Do You Know the Way to San Jose? Right. That's, San Jose was not well known. And right. it was. We came here and there were still, you know, a lot of fruit orchards. orchards garlic, yeah. or, you know, it's just a, it's a yep. farming community with okay. this semiconductor company. Not suburban as we know and there's not, not as techy as you know now, that definitely. Yeah. Yeah, right. now, okay, now I'm I'm curious. So aside from being in the semiconductor industry, this is also the start of, you know, the further the the forefathers of Silicon Valley. And you were part of this uh you know, group, you know, um, where, where you met Steve Jobs and Woes, right? What was that like? And what was the group called? Uh, there are two uh, incidents, as, as you can say. Now what was the group mm -hmm. uh, There, There was this um, uh, computer uh, organization mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, about there are there are about thirty of us okay. um, in in at Stanford, okay. uh, and some of them have graduated, but they go back to that um, that, that organization. Uh, and there's a lot of uh, you know a lot of engineers do all kinds of teasing and so on. And mm -hmm. oh yeah, we we tease everyone, right. including uh, was and. <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's a group that really were all interested in creating Correct. a computer of their own. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So they're kind of hobbyists. Got so it. they would buy, you know, kits and put them okay. together. And yeah. then they present to the group, you know, okay. what they're doing. So it's that wow. kind of a group. Yeah. Because yeah. But the only one that didn't do that was because I went into semiconductors right away. Got it. So I show off to everyone that all right guys let's design this thing now and then, got it and then i put it there just to just to fake <laughs> it <laughs> yeah that's amazing <laughs> usually because we were all kind of bragging and, right. and so like who the shit did that <laughs> right <laughs> wow he started to write the formula physics right. equation like right. okay stop that <laughs> okay that's amazing <laughs> it was a nice group of engineers Oh, nerdy! And it's a, it was a very nerdy group. Hey, yeah. you guys <laughs> built the whole thing, right? Without you guys, we were where 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 is the whole tech industry even, right? It now, um, this one, uh, mm -hmm. we turned down. Uh, you uh, know, when you, you know that, that Apple wanted to work. Well, well, when was Dada was at Commodore, right? Uh, Steve and Walsh at that time had approached Commodore Business Machines to okay. buy Apple. So, what? Yeah. 
Yeah. <laughs> For what? Three million? Yeah. Three million. Know, but wow. This is before they got big. Right, right. Before Lucy. Was it Lucy? Yeah. 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 Our CEO stopped by my uh, office. Like, hey, Dado, we're, we're meeting these two guys. Who? So he mentioned the name. Oh, okay. Yeah. We're in the same group. <laughs> Why do you like to buy them? Well, you know, they have something that is seemingly working. Oh. All right, fine. So he went. Because I discouraged him, okay. he just yeah. met them and then he didn't buy them. Yeah, well, at that yeah. time, Dado also was in yes. Commodore, there were only like what, three or four engineers? <laughs> yeah, my engineer. Oh, wow. And <laughs> he already, because of his interest in creating a computer, Mm-hmm. He already started a group, which mm-hmm. was, uh, I mean, you might be too young, but oh, uh, remember, yeah. remember the pet computer, the early days of the pet computer? Mm-hmm. And they, were, they became very successful. Commodore Business Machines wow. uh, created that. And Dado had started that there be, mm-hmm. before he left Commodore. So oh. he already had started the workings of it. Mm-hmm. That's why he was saying, well, why would you yeah, buy them? We already don't do have it. I'm done, working I'm done it. designing this thing, so let's go. And, <laughs> I, wow. and we did. And in the first go, uh, we killed Apple in Europe. Yeah, but you were in not there. Europe. Yeah, I was not there anymore. I, I assigned one of my engineers, all right, you are in charge now here. I have Got to it. go. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah, because he moved to Intercell. Uh, okay. mm. Got it. All right, now I'm curious. You were a great uh, engineer and whatnot. Built a lot of uh, semiconductors that uh, up till now we still use. And a lot of uh, computers and laptops or whatever yeah. hardware, right? I'm curious of when you took the leap to become an entrepreneur. Because this is where the whole dynamic changes, right? How did you change that? Because again, from being an engineer, now you're an entrepreneur. Then you have to do a lot of things that not that's not engineering based what was that like and what, what were you feeling during that time and uh how is that process like as well yeah <laughs> good question <clears throat> at, at that point in time uh where uh national semiconductor mm-hmm. uh the the first company that i um uh, besides uh Commodore, of course mm-hmm. um Well, the, the well, I think early on, Dado already had the idea, especially when he got to Commodore Business Machines and the company was, how much was Commodore making initially before he joined? $3 million. No, no, before that, it was less. No, yeah, the first thing that I designed was a complex. Yeah, uh, they, they did. Right. Uh, calculator chip was really big yeah. because yeah. I did all kinds of features. Yeah. They, wow. they were able to compete with HP and Texas Instruments. Mm. Commodore was able to do that. So I think at that time, Dad already saw the potential of yeah. being an entrepreneur. But mm-hmm. it was hard because who would, who would fund somebody who's so Correct. unknown and not really done anything? Mm-hmm. And so, the revenue at Commodore on that chip the first year, $300 million. Wow. That's when I learned, holy cow. Okay. Wow. Okay. <laughs> so this is how much this is worth, right? That's amazing, right? Yeah. Now, what was that leap of faith like? Because now you, you put up Mostron, right? Or, uh, again, um, and you got this uh, up, in, up and running, uh, 12 million in four months, and made it public well, in 2020. 
Yeah, I have to correct you because it yeah. wasn't Monstron. Monstron was kind of it was his first startup, okay. but that that, that did not work out. Ah, okay, so, so it this was, it was chips and technologies. Chips and technology. So okay, I'm curious about Monstron, right? Yeah, yeah. But Monstron was his first thing. <laughs> correct. What happened there? Because a lot of startup entrepreneurs don't usually get it in the first try, right? Uh, but also that first try is indelible in correcting and making you, you know, uh, giving you a really, you know, getting your feet wet. Same with me. Like I'm, I'm nowhere near who you are. I'm, I'm like I won one one thousand of one 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 million of what who you are. But my first leap of faith, you know, six years of doing party file, it I, I lost everything, right? But the the learnings I have, oh my god, I, I still have it till now. What were those things that you learned in Mostron that helped you with uh, chips and technologies the next thing? Yeah. Uh, in fact, um, obviously before. Uh, Mastron, mm-hmm. as I mentioned at Commodore, I did the the uh, calculator chip there already, which is uh, it's really just the same kind of computation chip, okay. a calculator or a CPU. Okay. They are the same, uh, tackling the same task: add yeah. here, minus here, just multiply, divide, mm-hmm. whatever. So I had that um, experience. And that uh, I had confidence because those chips that I designed, you know what, I have, I have only two technicians helping me. I was designing everything. Right, right. <laughs> so, so I had that confidence and uh, <clears throat> I knew that uh, a, uh, another chip I, I can do um, this is now moving into the more complex field of a, a true um, com, uh, CPU. Got it. Yeah. Chip. It, took, it took six years before he really started his own. Got um, it. There were three other companies. The last company before Mostron that he was in was a startup called Seek and Technologies. And Seek. that's yeah. where he was part of the team that created the Ethernet chip. Mm-hmm. Uh, wow! Uh, three communes. That is right. so. It's my first famous name coming out. <laughs> there you go. So I think what happened was even that really cemented the the feeling of if I can make this startup go IPO. Got it. I know that I can do this myself, and so that's when we started Mostron. Mm-hmm. Uh, and at that time, the the, uh, the PC was of course just IBM. Uh, right, right. Yes, one, but it was very difficult to use. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But the PC that IBM started was one the one that was very popular at the time. Got and it. So you can tell your story about the PC. <laughs> Basically, I redesigned it. <laughs> wow. Yeah, IBM designed. Uh, it's it's not a very good. Um, approach to designing a, uh, a computer, mm-hmm. uh, what they did, they, they, they took out some little parts, blah, blah, and so on. So what I did was I dissected about 300 plus chips. Wow. <laughs> when I say amazing. dissected, uh, uh-huh. I, I discovered the functions of those chips. Mm-hmm. Uh, like reverse engineered it. So that I could get mm-hmm. uh, an idea as to mm-hmm. how they approached the design. So by doing that, when I finally designed my own chip, it was a lot easier. Okay, 
clearly this is IBM, they know how to design, but the way they use the chips, it was a total piece of shit, actually. It's, it's, all over the place. No problem. Because IBM might listen in. All good, all good, all good. Yeah. Okay, now, uh, from that point, and so you had that confidence, okay, I can go IPO, but what happened in Mostron, and what did you apply best, best on yeah. your next startup that uh, went IPO? Yeah, uh, the Mostron, we, we had, how much money did we have? Uh, it wasn't a big startup company. Dado was the engineer, okay. and he would borrow you know, from prior companies that he worked with technicians uh-huh. hey can you do this for me or hey can i borrow your equipment yeah. and i worked at time at the uh, community college and okay. i was very used to the electronics people okay and so he would like borrow equipment or come over to the lab and yeah. so it was a one-man show pretty much okay and i had nothing really yeah. i had nothing i borrow this i get the uh, oscilloscope from another office <laughs> got it <laughs> and, and then uh there was one other guy with him who was supposed to be the one um, no, trying no, to get venture money. But uh, the initial money was just really from us. Got it. From Bootstrap. The two families. Yeah. Um, but when it came to a year later, when he was able to finish the PC board, mm-hmm. uh, he, he couldn't raise money, the other guy. And mm-hmm. at that time, I already got another guy for marketing. Okay. And it was a total failure when they went to the computer show in Las Vegas okay. because okay. nobody wanted to buy the board, but they were very interested in the chipset. They were saying, uh, hey, can we buy the chips? And of course, it wasn't, that wasn't their goal for the business. So Dado okay. came home very disappointed, you know, coming from Las Vegas, a mm-hmm. computer show. And, you know, he said he, was, he felt so defeated. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, I was confident that, no, if it doesn't work, you can always go get another job. Right. But fortunately, the the former president of Seekent Technologies, the last company that he worked for before he did a startup, mm-hmm. put it out of Seek. He was fired. <laughs> oh wow! And he had he had like a million dollars that a uh, a realtor broker friend okay. gave him. Said, "Hey, start another company. Here's a million dollars." So wow. he approached Nado and the other and the other new guy at Mostron, mm-hmm. Ron Yara, mm-hmm. to join him. And because Dado already knew how to do the PC chipset, okay. he was able to improve that for chips and that's why chips and technologies got in faster. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. So again, really prior hustle that that it's also the right timing in the right situation and the right partners, co-founders, making it happen for you. Yep. Now I'm curious about a couple of things before we take our next break. As an entrepreneur, you know, especially as an engineer, being the the tech guy, what metrics do you care about more the most? Because again, a lot of start startup founders again get get carried and get over overwhelmed sometimes with too many moving parts and whatnot. But at the end of the day, it's all numbers, right? Um, but yeah. what metrics do you care about the most as an entrepreneur? Yeah, um, <clears throat> there are. Um, five guides that I always think about. Uh, sometimes I doodle it, but basically it's it's embedded in my brain. Okay. But five things that uh, 
one can use to guide uh, a design properly and uh, <coughs> functional, basically. So first thing is make sure that there is a market for your idea, for the, the product idea. If there is, if there is no market, there is no product to be done. Absolutely. So basically, so um, not, that's number one. Okay. Uh, make sure you understand the market, the likes of the market, the competition in the market. It's fairly complex if you write it down, okay. but you have to do it because the market is the one that gives you the money, basically. Makes sense. And so on. Number one. Number two is that you need to come up with a product idea in that use useful for that market. Got it. Okay, so as you think about the market, as you define the market, you are mm -hmm. already beginning to see the likes of a potential product. Mm -hmm. Okay, so what I do is uh, after the market um, data and everything, then I design, I not design, I write the specification of a future product mm -hmm. that can solve that need in okay. the market. Because okay. the market needs those and so on. Mm -hmm. Okay, so keep in mind now you there is a product. Got it. Third thing that I do is I begin to look for the top engineers mm -hmm. that I know from the yeah. past. Okay. Um, or even current. I talk to them, hey, I have an idea. You come okay. with me. Got it. Talk about that. Got okay. It. Form a team that is really, uh, that you can trust, that can design the idea of that product uh, in okay. uh, silicon chip. Got right. It. Okay. From, from there, then you go and raise money. <laughs> there you go. Right. That's when you need the money. Got it. Okay. All right. And the last, the last one would be the, the, raise the, money. <laughs> there you go. Okay. Makes a lot of sense. Last one is you better go out and sell. <laughs> Absolutely. Hustle, hustle, hustle. All right. Yeah. But before we take our last break, I'm curious about the one thing that you mentioned in your process in the five steps, right? Recruiting the top talent is not easy. Because especially in Silicon Valley, everybody's gunning for the same engineers, right? You know, these, these things don't, uh, these people don't come easy, right? How do you make sure you have an all-star team? Because that also dictates the, the, the fate of your startup if you don't hire the, your A-team, per se. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> Basically, uh, having understood the requirement of the technology first and the definitions of the product okay. uh, you're first you have to sort out uh, those engineers who are very smart but they have not had any experience in that part of the market or technology so we have to be very careful there uh, and so on so that uh, once you have that then come up with a business plan this is the first time you will write something mm -hmm. when you have the right people finally that you pick that mm -hmm. you think can do it. Write it down, the business plan, as we Got call it. it. 
makes a lot of sense. And out of others, uh, uh, do it backward where uh, they write the business plan. Um, they don't have the team. They don't have the team. Like, okay, <laughs> Who's you gonna cannot raise money. <laughs> oh, okay, because you, right. you <laughs> get Who is going with it? Yeah. Okay. That, All right. Um, so that is, I, I adapted that at, uh, early on. Um, no one wrote that. It that no one wrote it that way. I just did it myself okay. as a guide um, when I had to design, and then I described it and gave it to uh, usually the, the the engineers who are uh, well, the founders of the company. Yeah. Who, who are under me. I have to teach them, basically. Um, and, and the companies that I had um, started with that process, it's a lot easier than right. what I did when I was alone and still learning. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. All right. Okay, okay. Let, let's take our last break. And when we come back, let's now talk about Dado and Maria as a philanthropist and also as a VC because you've now made companies public and using the same uh, formula that you've done. But let's talk about that more after the break. Hey, Hustlers, it's time to talk business once again, and we're excited to share a bit more info about our sponsors, Sprout Solutions. And again, just like what I said at the start of the episode, you should check out Sprout's Payroll Starter as you grow your own startup. Because this bundle that they have is literally what you need to take your startup to the next level as you grow your employees. And this bundle is your key to freedom, including payroll outsourcing to experts, a subscription to timekeeping and attendance software, and government compliance services. Sprout's Payroll Starter has you covered for payroll, BIR, SSS, and taxes. All the stuff that no founder loves to do. So let Sprout handle the busy work and say goodbye to lines and tax payment stress. All this for as low as 5,000 pesos. Again, that's just 5,000 pesos all in for your payroll and HR needs. So visit sprout.eh payroll-starter-monthly-5k or again, just click the link in the description box of this episode to elevate your business management game. And again, big thank you to Sprout Solutions for liberating your time for what truly matters. Hey hustlers, wish there was an easy way to open a bank account and grow your money without the hassle of lengthy application process and income documents? Well, I got good news because today's sponsor, Uno Digital Bank, is here to help you achieve your financial goals. You can easily open an account with the Uno app in just five minutes and one valid ID. And as one of the six digital banks licensed by the Banco Central ng Pilipinas, the company is committed to providing customers with simpler, better, and more accessible banking. Last year, Uno Bank was recognized by the Asia Banking and Finance Awards and bagged the title Open Banking Initiative of the Year due to the success of its partnership with Gcash, one of the Philippines' leading mobile wallet platforms. And with the Uno mobile app, you can access an hashtag UnoReady savings account and enjoy daily interest crediting. With their hashtag UnoEarn or hashtag UnoBoost time deposit accounts, you can enjoy a high interest rate of up to 6.5% per annum. Enjoy monthly payouts with hashtag UnoEarn 
earn in flexible tenors with hashtag UnoBoost. Other app features include pay bills, the Uno Virtual Debit MasterCard, life insurance, scan and pay with QRPH, and phones. And the one thing that I really love about Uno Digital Bank is they're open to collaborate with a lot of Filipino startups. I've had a chance to see the partnerships that they've had lined up with the startups that they have, and it's truly exciting to see how a digital bank like Uno can enable startups to unlock the power of fintech through digital banking. So if you're ready to elevate your banking experience, download the Uno mobile app today from the Google Play Store or App Store. Or if you want to collaborate with them, I'll be happy to give you an intro. Just shoot us an email at hello at huffleshare.com. Hey, hustlers, I hope you're having a great 2024 so far. As you know, a lot of startups had a very challenging 2023, and hopefully things are going to do better this year for a lot of us. Not just because it's the year of the dragon, but also because our sponsor, Dragon Pay, is here to help your startups process payments in the most efficient way. Established in 2010, Dragon Pay empowers businesses of all sizes to accept and disperse payments through secure and convenient channels, giving your customers the flexibility to choose the payment method that suits them best. With over 85 partner channels, 35,000 partner branches nationwide, including QRPH, e-wallets, crypto, buy now, pay later, and many more. They also process an astonishing 15 million transactions processed globally each month. Dragon Pay is your trusted choice for online payments. And here's something to show you how legit Dragon Pay is. Dragon Pay was named FinTech of the Year at last year's Philippine FinTech Festival in 2020. So let's make 2024 extra prosperous for you and your startup in this year of the Dragon. For more details, head on over to dragonpay.ph. That's dragonpay.ph. Trust the pioneer, trust Dragon Pay. Hey, and we're back from the break. We're still with Dado and Maria. Uh, again, telling us how you get a company to be successful you know, and whatnot. But I'm now curious because you guys are, are, are have done an indelible uh, mark and you've done an amazing job also in paying it forward to the Philippines back through PhilDev and whatnot. But before that, I just need, I have a couple of questions because after you've become successful, you made companies public, you know, got them acquired and whatnot. It's amazing. But you now put on the hat of being a VC through Tallwood Venture Capital, right? When you did that transition, I'm curious, what, what's your mindset like in looking for the companies that you fund? Is it also very engineering-focused or are you more agnostic to, towards uh, the companies that you invest in? It is always <clears throat> that, um, at least for me, mm-hmm. and I'm sure uh, a lot of my colleagues think the same way right away too, mm-hmm. The hardest thing once you are beginning to uh, think about forming a company is still the engineering side. So because when you form it, you better get the best engineers. So, so is that what you look for? Yeah. So you're, you're, uh, as you form it, you remember that, that sequence about come up with a product idea. Right. And then get the technology, the best technology for them to use. So when when you uh, hire, 
you know, on the on on uh, on the series of things you have to do. Right. You finally have to hire. That has to be defined properly. So the question though is how do you how do you select the companies that you invest in? Oh, sorry, that <laughs> I invest in. I'm sorry. No yeah. problem. Yeah. Well, I basically go through the five first. Okay, got it. So the same and, criteria. Yes, of course. Okay. And then, uh, and then I talk to them okay. one by one if it has to be, especially the engineering team, mm. because if you can, if they cannot build the product, then it's off. So in other words, I start with the engineers. How smart are these guys? So there are, of course, the uh, biographies mm -hmm. uh, of resumes. the resume. Mm -hmm. And so you just read that first and then look at their background. Yeah. Uh, talk to, of course, the people that they have uh, uh, worked with. Worked with. Mm -hmm. And then um, look at the company product that they claim they did okay i think you also always been focused on technologies that you are interested in at yeah. least the ones that you have invested in yeah the technologies that you really look it's, for yeah it's like it's like stealing if i see someone <laughs> technology they have it and i need that okay got it now you begin to court court them and <laughs> <laughs> Makes sense because at the end of the day, it's either you incorporate them in entirely on whatever you're working on right. and whatnot, so, and it's an easier but, thing. Yeah. So when Dado at the height of uh, Tollwood Venture Capital, uh, would even uh, in-house form mm -hmm. teams to mm -hmm. focus on certain technologies and then mm -hmm. put them out as a startup yeah. eventually. Mm -hmm. So he, he, he kind of would. Yeah. Uh, Basically, I hire my own design engineers as a VC. Ah. The company that I, the startup that I found Got here, it. some of the engineers that you can use right away. Makes sense. They become managers. Or, right. Yeah, managers, of course, also. Yeah. Got it. All right. Now, I'm curious about this beautiful thing called PhilDev. So, you, you mentioned earlier at the start of the episode why, why you guys put it up. But walk us through now how you grew, how you grew PhilDev from, you know, it's, it's early uh, inceptions of AFUSA. See, I still remember. My mom always talks about this, uh, AFUSA, uh, to now PhilDev. And what, what do you, what, what's, how do you now hustle to really pay it forward? Because you guys have, again, it's, it's not just, you know, just philanthropy. You don't throw that away. Don't throw that word away uh, just for nothing because there's a lot of work involved. Walk us through how your grind is like on the other side of the fence on your end. Well, first of all, I think we're lucky to have not just me and Dado, really. It's a, it's a group of people that our trustees have been very passionate, very mm -hmm. focused on our goals, mm -hmm. and really has helped us kind of grow feel that. A lot of the ideas come from them also. Okay. And we formulate um, projects based on everyone's input. So we, we still focus on education, innovation, entrepreneurship. And so all our projects are kind of around that, that area. Mm -hmm. and, um, and the biggest issue is, of course, fundraising. I mean, okay. it's, not, of course. it's not a Dado and Maria Bonato Foundation. It's Got it. the Development Foundation. So uh, fundraising is a key uh, 
point that we always have to work with. Mm -hmm. But uh, like I said, the trustees have really kind of led a lot of the different projects that we've done and has helped in many, many ways. Um, and we're lucky that we're very close to UC Berkeley here in California. And so they have helped us a lot in a lot of our projects from the entrepreneurship training that we did. Uh, we had um, quite a number of professors from UC Berkeley help us. So it's, it's uh, all, all these connections we try to make use of, uh, people, corporations, universities, to really make the project grow. So um, the scholarship program is something that we're very proud of in PhilDev, uh, which was started by Shell Philippines. Yep. Uh, Ed Chua at that time was the president of Shell and was one of the trustees. And he was the one that started uh, with like $2 million to create uh, the scholarship program. So right. it's a lot of really good um, philans and Filipinos, mm -hmm. you know, who have been successful, who want to give back. And it gave us a really good core group of people to work with. Absolutely. We to work with. Got it. And, and I remember one anecdote that uh, a former guest uh, went here. I don't know if you remember him, but he said, he might not remember me. His name is Roland Ross of Kumu, right? Oh. It's now the biggest uh, uh, social uh, network in, that's Filipino made with millions and millions of users. And he attributed his start uh, to you, Dado. Um, he, he when he first came up with that idea, he wasn't. He was serving you dinner. I forgot which which dinner it was, and he was ask, bouncing you off this idea uh, that it what and, and said uh, he wanted to create an app uh, as a live streaming app called Kumu. And now it's one of the biggest, it, most promising startups here in the Philippines. And he went Is from he, Silicon okay. Valley. Yeah, Sorry. he was, was he from uh, LA. Yes. Yes. And he, he went back. Brother. He was yeah. a brother of. Uh, the chef correct our, correct our fundraiser in la oh that's that's yeah. great he is big now here he went all, he went he moved here and now uh he's formed an amazing team millions and millions of filipinos using the kumu app so oh, and that's, that's that idea was uh was thrown off first with you dado so again that that, that was that's just a testament of how much you've impacted entrepreneurs and whatnot. Now, that's my segue into my pay-it-forward questions. How can you tell Dado if a startup founder that asks you for advice is going to make it? Because a lot of people ask for advice, you know, blatantly, just out of, for whatever advice. But if you, you, you see that indelible, you know, there's, there's characteristics also that uh, someone has it like, mm, this guy's going to make it, you know, whether they're not there yet or, you know, they're, they're early in the game. What, well, how do you know if someone's going to make it? Um, <clears throat> let me translate those uh, um, guide that I always use, which mm -hmm. is the five things. Right. Uh, those things will have at least one expert per um, per section. Per section. Yeah. So, for example, the 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 knowledge of market. Mm -hmm. Oh, th that person that you will hire uh, would be the, um, the the person that will answer, is there a market here? So in other words, there is knowledge embedded already that can be used immediately mm -hmm. um, as they form themselves 
into the company. And then the rest are, uh, let's say, the uh, expertise in design. Mm. You, you better have to go dissect the guy's right. brain. Is, can this thing design? Yeah, you said, yes, mm-hmm. okay. So that forces that those five things to be really be taken care of, therefore. Got it. And that's what I um, go through when I uh, look at a company that already has been invested in. Mm-hmm. I go through those uh, five things. Like, mm-hmm. so who gave you this? Are, are they good? Or are, are these the best engineers that you hired for mm-hmm. this kind of project? Mm-hmm. So because I am an engineer, I am uh, uh, also um, uh what you call founder. that? Yeah, founder and all of those things. Uh, it's a good thing that I went through that process. Mm-hmm. And um, there's not a lot of guesswork. There will be a point in time where you just have to guess because yeah. it's hard to get. Actually, it's very difficult to really say that in one meeting with one guy right. who's asking for, for an advice about their company mm-hmm. that you know they'll be successful. It's it's mm-hmm. very difficult. It, it takes sometimes years to really say yeah, this guy's going to be successful. Yeah. It's, right. it's, it's very difficult. Yeah. yeah. Oh, oh, got it. So, All right. Yeah. All right. Now, last couple of questions. Um, so for Filipino founders, especially those ones who are coming from here, um, there's always this. Uh, I've, heard, I've had multiple guests also that have uh, made it outside of the Philippines uh, as Filipinos, and they say that sometimes Filipinos just look at their own backyard and they don't think global. What's your advice for Filipinos, Filipino founders, really, to really aim higher, to have more ambition? And whatnot, because if if a dado can make it, and you always say you're not special and whatnot, but how can we even get closer to where you are and not just be stuck in our own backyard solving the the small problems that's only applicable here? Uh, <laughs> that's uh, what is the expression nearsighted or whatever? What is that? Yeah, expression. Oh, yeah. Uh, so, what would your advice? Basically. Um, one cannot be blind in all aspects, whether you see it or you think of it or you uh, acquire it, things like that. Um, it's not easy. For those who um, somehow make it happen, mm-hmm. there is probably a single person in that company that drove it. Got it. Because it's it's just so hard to True. come up with a product, mm-hmm. and if in fact they have a hard time, they spend the money and then they collapse. Right. So all those bad things happen without mm-hmm. the real um, um, what what would be a good word to say? Uh, um, not not uh, not just. Uh, guesswork uh, correct it's just, yeah uh, there has to be that stroke <laughs> genius they, they may not see it or whatever or or perceive it okay 
it's just that one, two, or three. Uh, one is probably not hard. I, I mean, very hard to uh, make a lot of success. But you have to have a complementary knowledge for a, from a team perspective. Right. Well, our, one of our entrepreneur uh, teachers who came from Silicon Valley, uh, and he was teaching in the Philippines, always would okay. say two words: "Think big." Yes. yes. Cannot think small. Right. Yeah. So. We always would, you know, during the whole five-day session that we would have mm -hmm. with the uh, participants, he would always say, think big. Yeah. <laughs> so I that's think that's amazing. the advice. All right. Last, second to the last question. For engineers, and uh, I remember, again, the head of IBPAP uh, uh, here in the Philippines says that a lot of Filipino engineers and developers, um, in terms of developing companies uh, i mean the developer companies or engineering um related companies always think service first uh, like more than 90 percent of uh, engineering companies are dev shops where today the biggest uh, message you're telling us is to to create products not sell your service oh i'm gonna look for service jobs and whatnot what's your advice for engineers who, who to, to make to take that transition to leap into creating products instead because again right, what what uh what what what's happening all the time is we're for rent like ah my services are for rent and whatnot and there's nothing uh, wrong with that it gets no. you the money but it doesn't get you over the top per se yeah. what's your advice for those first is that okay you have to have in your pocket millions of dollars if you really want to do this thing <laughs> it would be so hard for them. Well, right. I think It'd be so hard. I, I think that's why we our first uh, pillar is education. Uh, we need to educate them to make sure that they're ready to be able to create those products. Okay. And I think that's the big push that PhilDev has really um, hopefully succeeded in. I mm -hmm. think we see some of it now, mm -hmm. is that we've worked with the universities and have them think entrepreneurially. Mm -hmm. And that had made a big difference, I think, with the universities that we worked with. Um, like Batanga State has now a really good example of mm -hmm. like building their own, um, uh, what do you call that? Uh, Engineering powerhouse, per se. Yeah, and, and a technology center of some mm -hmm. kind, working not just uh, within the region, but also working with other universities outside of the Philippines mm -hmm. to gain more knowledge, to, to really improve their curriculum. We did, we did talk to Tirsal, right? <laughs> yeah, education really is number one. It's very hard for Filipinos to be creative if they don't know the basics. So they really need to really strengthen their knowledge of technology to really get there. The, the worst thing, in fact, that is uh, in, along that line mm. is that, yeah, someone that is not as uh, high level as someone, mm -hmm. uh, at the end of the day, they'll come up with a crappy product. Mm. <laughs> That's true. That's true. A good example, I think a good example of Dado's impact in the Philippines is you know, he's really pushing companies, uh, the private sector in the Philippines. Right. They also need to think big. They also need to be creative. Correct. They need to create products. And mm -hmm. in fact, uh, I know that Jaime Isabel de Ayala has mentioned this in events where mm -hmm. he says, 
Dado has pushed us so much about creating and innovating That's that true. now they're doing that. You know, they're like yep. building motorcycles, they're building products that are uh, global uh, mm-hmm. market, and mm-hmm. uh, um, it's 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 good to see that happen. But we need more companies in the Philippines to also think that way. That's and true. even with the scholars that we work with, we tell them, you know, you might not start your own company. But be innovative in your company. You can create products in your company. So things like that, I think we need to really push. And, I, and I, I'm hoping that PhilDev can continue to work, uh, especially with the universities, because I think that's where we can make a big impact and eventually the private sector picks it up. That is him, amazing. I gave him another one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, <look. laughs> about, about what to really think about because of their uh, new approach into, they, they have uh, um, automotive yeah, stuff. Because right, of, right. Yeah. No, that's true. They have KTM, yeah. they have uh, you know all these dealerships and whatnot. So I don't know what's a public and what's not public, but it's, it's uh, Ayala's always been, again, I'm always also biased towards the Ayala's because I was raised <laughs> with their money. My mom is super biased towards, her, to, to, towards them, so bad props. Now, last question uh, before I let you guys go again. We went over time, but thank you very much for the time. I will, be, I will forever treasure this. Last question, what's the best advice you've ever gotten? Because it's always that that we always uh, come back to. Like you know, there's one thing that someone told you that uh, that uh, stays with you forever. Gosh, this is hard. That, that you should marry me. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> that right there. <laughs> Whoever gave that advice, thank you. <laughs> Can I excuse myself and we'll talk in Manila next time? <laughs> <laughs> no, but that was solid advice. Again, it is true. If you don't have the right partner, none of this is not gonna ha- is gonna happen because it's hard if you have if you have a partner that doesn't support or doesn't understand the grind, doesn't understand, and those also doesn't share the same vision as you. So again, you guys are an amazing couple, <laughs> and I will forever be grateful because you made my dream come true. You are my 100th episode on Hustle. Thank you very much for making that happen. And uh, the crowd goes wild. But before I let you go, uh, follow us on whatever podcast app you're listening to. And again, if you did say some jargon, it's going to be in the show notes on HustleShare.com. And follow us in the HustleShare community if you want to be involved on how we grow the show. And lastly, message us in our HustleShare chatbot at m.me slash HustleShare powered by chatbot gates again dado and maria thank you very much thank you too thank you too it's an honor all right oh my god it's an honor thank you very much and i'll see you guys in the next episode peace